for this morning. Yeah, maybe not. Two old people trying to figure out YouTube. Um, really, really, really good to be with you all today. Although I miss not getting to see who all is That's watching always with the us. Best part. Yep, it is. But next time. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is uh, we're filming this on the day before Thanksgiving, and lots to be grateful for. Uh, this is actually two years. Uh, to the day, I think, from when we first started doing this. And mm. it's been about three years ago since I left the church and we just faced some really difficult times. And I'm very grateful for my friend Ron for saying you ought to do something every day and our friend Sam for saying don't neglect your craft. And that's kind of turned into what we will sometimes call the fellowship of the withered hand. It may be that you're watching for the first time. And um, oh, man. Okay, um, I just turned my um, <laughs> camera on also because we want to try to record this live. So, uh, hey, everybody, if you're looking at the filmed version of this later on, um, uh, we've become known as the community of the Fellowship of the Withered Hand for people who meet together with a common sense of, uh, I can't make my life turn out the way that I want it to, but God can do that. And so I think I'll let him and I'm deeply grateful for everybody who's a part of this. Um, we're looking at gratitude these days. It's called the gratitude channel and uh, challenge. And some of you are watching maybe for the first time. So I'm so glad that you are. Uh, we had, Tim told me over a thousand people that took a survey to measure gratitude when we started the gratitude challenge. And that was terrific because we want to see, does this actually make a difference or is it just a lot of hot air? And um, so uh, uh, I am, um, uh, I want to invite you to take the survey again after we finish the gratitude challenge and then we'll be able to see that it make a difference. Love to find out about that. Also, I just want to encourage you, don't quit. Um, if you've been working on gratitude, it is a it is a learned skill and it's something that we can improve on. So even though we're going to be ending this series, keep going. And Nancy and I want to talk a bit about uh, today gratitude and particularly gratitude in difficult times. Uh, I thought this was really, really cool. In Robert Emmons' book, Gratitude Works, he says on page 75, when traveling on vacation, I find that I'm often drawn to, drawn to reading books on the spiritual disciplines. I don't know why. I think I use them as a counterpoint to the freeform, somewhat indulgent nature of travel. On a recent trip to Disney World, I took along my copy of Dallas Willard's classic, The Spirit of the Disciplines. Um, so there was just something about bringing a spiritual disciplines book to Disneyland that I thought was wonderful. And then he goes on to say one time he was having dinner and he got to sit next to Dallas. So Robert Emmons, guru of gratitude research and Dallas Willard, had a conversation and he said to Dallas, I noticed that gratitude was not one of the spiritual disciplines that you listed in your book. What category would that fall under? And Dallas said that it's actually a practice of celebration. And so I thought I would read a few of Dallas's words about celebration. And then Nancy, you could talk a little bit more about um, celebrating and giving thanks in a difficult time. Dallas says that celebration is one of the most important disciplines, but often overlooked and misunderstood. It's the completion of worship. We engage in celebration when we enjoy ourselves, our life, our world, 
in conjunction with our faith and confidence in God's greatness, beauty, and goodness. We concentrate on our life and our world as God's work and God's gift to us. So now as we head in tomorrow, this is what we want to look forward to. Dallas writes, holy delight and joy is the great antidote to despair and is a wellspring of genuine gratitude, the kind that starts at our toes and blasts off from our loins and diaphragm through the top of our head, flinging our arms and our eyes and our voice upward towards our good God. And then uh, this comment, faith in its celebration sometimes becomes a delirious joy coursing through our bodily being when we really begin to see how great and lovely God is and how good he has been to us. And then, and then this, even those commonly thought to be ruined, the poor, the depressed, the persecuted, many that are named in Jesus' Beatitudes, have a godlike well-being in his company and kingdom. Feasting, dancing, singing, oration become insuppressible. For by thee we shout, I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. The hills must sing, and the trees must break out in applause for God. Every created thing must praise the Lord. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, and what John said a minute ago of just keeping at it, um, there's something about what he just read that if you don't from time to time slow down, our eyes are too caught up in what's going on around us to really appreciate that level of reality. Um, so one of the things I've been thinking about going through this gratitude journey um, is oddly enough, the book of Habakkuk. And I think it's a very short book. It's only three chapters, but the, the themes in it are so similar to I think what most of us face today. The prophet comes to God and has a dialogue with him and has two complaints. The first one is, God's people, the, the people of Israel, have gone so far away from God. And he's mourning the fact that they don't follow God, that they've given up and gone to other idols. They're unjust. Um, and he wants God to intervene. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as he talks to God, God agrees that he is going to intervene. And his solution is worse than Habakkuk thought. His solution is to send the Babylonians which is a very wicked nation in to conquer the Israelites. So Habakkuk goes from bad to worse when he hears what it is that God's going to do. And I think there are lots of times in our lives when um, things are difficult and then circumstances happen and it gets even worse. So what do we do then? Because I think if, if God doesn't work when life's at its hardest, then it's probably not true. Mm -hmm things that are true work when everything's falling apart. And then at the end of the um, book uh, in Habakkuk, his response to God eventually becomes um, uh, that uh, even though I don't see what you're doing, I know that you're good. And even though the fig tree doesn't flourish, nor fruit are on the vines. If the labor of the olive fails and the fields yield no, yield no food, if the flock are cut off from the hold, the fold and there's no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in God. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Mm -hmm. 
And I think thousands of years ago, um, somebody like Habakkuk was struggling with life mm. being difficult mm. and then it getting worse and still looking to God to say, I trust you and I'm grateful for who you are and I believe in you. Mm. Yeah. I think that's been part of our story of trying to get there. It's not the kind of thing that happens on day one when life is difficult, but um, to multiple times a day, kind of dig your way back to the center of this truth and sit there with it, I think really helps grow gratitude, even when life is really, really hard. Yeah. I do too. I'm grateful now because actually we have the live chat going. Yeah. Bye. So, <laughs> so we can oh. see people's names and then this would be very exciting. Gosh, I love that. this part. I know. I'm so grateful. Just I just saw Pam Hall's name there a minute kip. ago. Um, uh, Being Fred. There's a, um, uh, a distinction that Robert Emmons makes in his book, Gratitude Works, where he talks about the difference between feeling grateful and being grateful. And feeling grateful is something that comes to us sometimes when it comes, it always comes as a gift, but we're not able to directly manipulate our emotions. Um, being grateful is something that we are able to choose to do. What I can do is cause my thoughts to be placed on God and God's goodness to me. I got a text very early this morning from my friend, Len, who lives in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Where they said, had 66 inches of snow a couple uh, days ago. 66 feet of snow. So he sent a picture of just, it, it looks like a nuclear apocalypse where you Kristen. could just see a little bit of snow. And uh, I mean, a ton of snow and a little bit of sunlight. And so I sent him back a picture of the sun coming up in California. And it's kind of like the wise man who built his house on the rock. It was it, mean. Yeah, it was kind of mean. But anyway, the, the point of it is, that um, I can I can look at the world around me and I can look at the beauty of it and I can think this is not here by accident. This actually comes as a gift. Angie. I can cause my thoughts to run in that direction. Um, Katie, a friend, was uh, writing to me during this uh, run as we've been looking at Gratitude Challenge. And she kind of raised the question that we're friends who lost a job and there'll be this kind of thought of, is it wrong for me to feel grateful that I didn't lose my job when there's other people I know that did? Yeah. And I thought that was a really sensitive question. And that uh, on the one hand, I think it's a really natural um, uh, response. And it's actually one of the practices of gratitude that we looked at is to recognize whatever season I'm in, whatever good thing I have, there's a time limit on it. And when I think about the fact that it will be over, it will not last forever, that causes me to be grateful. But then at the same time, I think uh, to also live with the experience of people who are going through difficulty and going through suffering and allow the gratitude that I have for the good things that are in my life to create a spirit of generosity so that I can think of somebody else who's going through something difficult and meet with them on this place. And I can't tell you how many times over the last several years um, when there has been the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody who's going through something yeah. difficult yeah. and it might be Israel was just commenting on here. Yeah. Yeah, man, Israel. I'm so glad that mm -hmm. God has been with you in the way that he has yeah. um, to remember that health is a gift and that one day it will be gone from all of us and to meet people in places of suffering around that. And I think about some of you right now mm -hmm. that are going through really, really deep waters 
Um, so to to be able to take good things when they come yeah. also as reminders to walk with people who are going through suffering in different ways. Yeah. And just even part of challenging um, kind of status quo thinking, you know, the fame, the phrase that people use all the time, if you have your health, you have everything. Mm. It's not that's not true. Yeah. And for those of you that have gone through difficult health seasons and, you know, I've had a few. Um, if that's true, then what happens when your health's not good? And gratitude can help remind me, no, my health is not the ultimate gift. Um, so passage in Psalm 24 that uh, John and I read a couple of days ago together. And I hate saying that because it's not like every morning we wake up and do this thing, but we just read it. And it was so sweet. It talked about um, that our home is in God. Yeah. And so yesterday when I was taking a walk, um, I think I have the spiritual gift of overthinking. And no I've never heard of that one. No comments. What about over talking? <laughs> hey, now too close to comfort. John will often say he's out of words for the day. And I tell him, no problem. I have enough for both mm-hmm. of us. But um, it, my mind was going in different directions and thinking about a situation with this person or s- some circumstance that I was having a hard time in. And just the constant reminder when I was walking from what we had read that morning, if, yes, those things are both true, but that's not my home. Mm-hmm. And while I was walking, I just imagined going inside of me. This is my home right mm. here with God. Mm. And then my thoughts would wander off again. It's mm. like, oh, no, my this is true. And I have to figure this out. But my home's right here. Mm. And uh, in that passage, there's just a really lovely, sweet phrase. Um, and I was out, obviously walking outside. Even the sparrow has found a home mm-hmm. and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And so for me to remember to keep coming back to um, the place of gratitude will often start with pulling myself from overthinking into mm. my thoughts and feeling like, no, this is God's home and it will never go away. And in here, what am I grateful for? Robert Emmons talks about uh, the idea of a frame of reference, kind of a gratitude frame of reference. And being around grateful people, thinking about grateful people can be really, really helpful. And we all know folks who really struggle with being grateful and then people who have a great gift for it. Sorry, Terry Storch says he's going to start using that phrase. I'm out of words for the day. <laughs> Hopefully you will have somebody in your life that will say, I have enough words for both of us. Uh-huh. Yep. And, and uh, if you have a problem, contact us here at Become New the and Beaners. we can supply you with lots and lots of words. Yeah. Oh, man. Chad um, uh, what a gift. <laughs> Uh, So here's what Robert writes, and this was just inspirational to me. An outstanding example of the use of gratitude as a frame of reference, and that's that Psalm 84. Mm -hmm. We're all on pilgrimage. We long for home. We're not home. We're promised home in God. Uh, Can be seen in the life of Alice Hertzsummer, the oldest survival of the Holocaust and the second oldest person living in London, England. At the time I write this, she is 108 years old. She was a renowned concert pianist a close friend of Franz Kafka. Can't imagine somebody still alive who is a friend of Kafka. She has lived through and seen more than any of us can imagine. In 1942, she was a well-known concert pianist living in Prague. She was deported to Thierenstadt, a Nazi concentration camp. And uh, for propaganda purposes, she was forced to play music. Uh, She gave more than 100 concerts, performing all of Chopin's etudes from memory, which is the reason she was permitted to survive. Remarkably, she still lives in the same apartment and still plays the piano. To the residents of this small apartment building in North London, Alan Hurt Summer is just 
the woman in number six. One of the residents of, uh, said, one of the benefits of living in this block is having music beautifully played morning and afternoon. In fact, I know people who just stand outside the building in the street listening to her to admire her playing. And she still plays every day. At 104, she wrote a book titled A Garden of Eden in Hell. A garden of Eden in hell. And the biblical imagery of that, the fact that we live in a broken world, which means that hell will interrupt our lives and it has ours and it has yours or it will yours. Mm -hmm. But then the presence of God home, garden of Eden can be present um, even in the hellish conditions on earth. And she wrote, when you are old, you think, you care, you notice, you appreciate, mm -hmm. you are thankful for everything everything wow that's a life that's been shaped by gratitude yeah. it's just i mean watching these feeds i yeah lynn seward um mm. grateful for you you were the first person when we moved to chicago that brought dinner to us i remember it was chinese food and it was mm -hmm. fabulous um steve clifford you helped us in this last year find a place to live yeah. um, when it was a really difficult time so there's just so many people on this list that we have gratitude towards for so many of the ways you've helped mm. us in our lives so um, I'm very grateful that we were able to get on the chat and see so many names that evoke so much love. So grateful for all of you. So grateful to be on this journey together. So grateful that um, none of us has to go through it alone. Uh, I'm grateful for the encouragement from all of you. And especially I'm grateful for everybody where you will share the story yeah. of um, pain, difficulty, trouble because somehow we're able to meet in a deeper place because of that pain than we would if we just met on the ground of everything's going great i'm curating my life having wonderful vacations the kids are all perfect the job's perfect my health's perfect um we meet in a much deeper place and i'm very grateful because of that no and when you just ran that list my thought was so many people who follow jesus would say and i'm blessed and i think mm -hmm. the truth is the blessings really come when those things aren't true because it forces you to dig deep and find reality and lo and behold god's there and that is what we're ultimately grateful for andy crouch has this wonderful mm -hmm. little section in his most recent book where he contrasts he talks about how um hashtag blessed has wow. become kind of a thing in yeah. our day but that often when people use it in social media what they're really after isn't the blessed life it's the charmed life mm -hmm. And charm has mostly to do with the conditions in which we find ourselves by magic. Um, yeah. uh, we look great. We're making lots of money. We're having circumstantial. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and to have a blessed life when Jesus says blessed are those who mourn, they're not charmed. That's not a charm mm -hmm. life. Um, but we can be blessed because we can find God there and we can meet each other there. Yeah. So, um, in a very non-cliched, non-tripe, non-religious way, have Happy. a very blessed Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, thank you, Angie. So many of you, thank you for Becky Heatley. Thank you um, letting us hear from you, and just know we thank God for you. I, I think about how often Paul wrote that phrase, and I understand it way better now than I did a few years ago. We thank God upon every remembrance yeah. of you. Have a wonderful yeah. Thanksgiving. Anything else? Nope. Oh, you're a lot of words. Nope. <laughs> there will be more. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.